Welcome to Booty and Bossy Eat, Drink, Knit. This is episode 10. <gasps> yes, I know. I can't believe we made it all the way to episode 10. And for this episode, Booty is bringing the recipe and it's going to be a special surprise for all of us. Booty, do you want to share the special surprise recipe? Well, although it's a surprise, we're bringing it back because we have had it as kids or a version of it. It's called vintage seafoam salad. The main ingredient is jello. Wait, jello? Doesn't that have gelatin in it? Yes, but it's lime jello. Oh, okay. So that's the part of the seafoam. Also, the lime covers up the smell of the gelatin <laughs> it's got that and then it has pears which are canned hmm. I have to say I, I don't think I'm gonna have canned pears in my larder but okay probably not lime jello either <laughs> yeah actually that's true okay so that's two things not in the larder okay then we have cream cheese okay which goes really great with jello i'm already just thrilled with this choice <laughs> and whipping cream okay yes because when you think of things that go well with jello you do maybe think of whipping, whipping cream. cream yes yes so it's it's on the sweet side however it can be served as a salad <laughs> 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 or a dessert it's it's really a two-in-one recipe. Already, I am a little suspicious of anything that can be either a salad or a dessert. I mean, I can see breakfast, dinner, pancakes for dinner and stuff like that, but something that's either a salad or a dessert. Well, it is green, so I feel like that is the... And it has fruit, so that's the salad part. Do you put it on... A lettuce leaf. Yes, you so definitely good. should put it on a, well, you might need a couple of lettuce leaves, but. Is that the salad? Yes, part? that's the salad part. It says it serves four people. That's rather large helpings of salad. You know, but salad's so good for you, so. And actually, I should say it's coming from mydeliciousblog.com. Huh? So, and then the procedure is you measure out a cup of syrup from your can of pears. You want the pears in syrup for that okay. extra sweetness. So okay. you're going to want to heat up your cup of syrup from the canned pears and then add your jello to dissolve it. And then you're going to put your pears in another bowl. Wait a minute. So we're already at several bowls here. That's not part of our rules for good recipes. The one, the one pan or one bowl recipe but but that's okay because if it's both a dessert or a salad then you should be able to double the pan and bowl rule so all right you're on the edge of okay i'm thinking in fact yeah you can have one serving as a salad and then another serving for dessert <laughs> so you might only get two enough right. people which is great when you're an empty nester. Mm. 
Yeah. You're going to put your pears in a small bowl and mash them with a potato masher or a fork or something else. So that's another bowl. Okay. And then you're going to whip the cream to a soft paste. Sorry, whipped cream to a soft peat. Okay. And then in a separate bowl. Oh my God. <laughs> you're going to use a hand mixer or immersion blender to beat the cream cheese and a little bit of milk until smooth. Add the cool jello mixture and blend to combine. And then you fold in the pears and whipped cream and mix until the consistency is smooth. And then you're going to use a mold. Oh, I actually don't have any molds anymore. Well, I don't think I ever did, but okay. So I think you could use a bunch pan if you had it. Bun pan. Oh, you know, a bun a, pan. Okay. Yeah. All and right. then you want to make that the nice ring. And then you're going to refrigerate it. And then turn it out and ta-da. A blob of sea foam salad or dessert. <laughs> That's just a booty. I I feel bad for saying this when all these people mainly mom and a few others are listening that I, I don't know what possess you although this does remind me were you trying to find mom's I remember she did have this weird lime jello recipe but I remembered it having cottage cheese in it and I think seven up so instead of using water you use seven up mm -hmm. so it had this kind of weird fizzy texture is that was that what you were going yes for? in fact so mom's recipe had pineapple instead of pear. Mm. I conferred with mom she thinks that it did have cream cheese but she wasn't sure she thought it might have had cottage cheese and yes seven up that makes the foamy part. Unfortunately, this one does not have seven up. I might have to try it with that. We'll see. But well, I do like how you save the pear syrup. Although I do remember when we were little, our favorite thing was to drink the syrup out <laughs> of the can. The, you could drink the syrup. So I guess you can't do that here but i do like this economy of using everything that is in the can but i feel like this does not meet our many criteria for good recipe well first of all there's the gelatin although we do have marshmallows that have gelatin in them the many pans that because I was counting, you've you've got the cream cheese that you have to whip, and you can't do that in the same. You got the whipped cream into the soft paste or peaks. <laughs> you got the the Jello, and then the heating up in a separate pan, and then you've got a mold or something that you're putting it all together in the end. But you're getting two. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just. I feel like this is everything that was wrong about 70s cuisine is the, <laughs> the mixing of the salad or the dessert. I can picture this at some kind of church picnic event where somebody would bring this thinking 
well, if there aren't enough salads, then I'll put this <laughs> <laughs> there's enough desserts, I'll put it over there. Exactly. You know, um, exactly. Well, it is definitely a recipe for a, that's an oldie and a goodie. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I I question the second part. <laughs> the goodie, it's uh, oldie, yeah. But the goodie part, <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, and then you sprinkle dried sea monkeys on it <laughs> or something. Oh, that um, would be so good. Or yeah. you know, you put Swedish fish in it, and so they're mm. floating in the sea foam gelatin kind of thing. Yeah, I think that has to be done. I feel like putting the Swedish fish in there might make it more in the dessert category than the that's salad. true. You wouldn't get that <laughs> versatility that's so important to the success of this recipe. The other thing that occurs to me, I'm picturing it this sort of well, sea foam, creamy lime green which is kind of like what ocean water is like when it's polluted. <laughs> so that it kind of fits with the whole oldie vintage 70s-ish. So I'll give you oldie, but I'm hesitant about the goodie <laughs> part of it. Well, April Fool's. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, oh, I thought you had something up your little your little steaked sleeve. My steaked um, sleeves, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, although I think this recipe actually might be worth of a try as a dessert, just for okay. Fun. Yeah. I I mean that I it's got dairy, it's got fruit, <laughs> it's got fat. It's got sugar. It's got, it's got sugar. I when you want that kind of retro feel, I think it could be good for a a party okay. or something. But when you're feeling sort of the tug of nostalgia of like the seventies, maybe mm -hmm. I do think it would be very confusing to put it on a bed of lettuce because yeah, it's sort of neither fish nor fowl kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That yeah, I have not seen it on a bed of lettuce. I although they say salad, I I just don't know why they're drawing the line at, at dessert and salad. I think they should say it could be a main dish too. I mean Especially if you have those Swedish fish as the the protein. Or or, or shrimp, you know. Put some shrimp. I remember in um Julie and Julia, you know, where the Oh the, yeah. The food blogger who made Julia Child's recipes every day she got to the section on aspic <laughs> oh because she had written the cookbook in the 50s probably and so she she had a section on and I mean it wasn't just one recipe it was a whole bunch of recipes <laughs> so tomato sauce or tomato with jello and then sometimes, yeah. or sometimes, yeah, very odd. Well, I guess it, it it was kind of just used as a sort of thickener and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. But it's, it's true. I do think that the 70s is the 
gastric period of April Fool's, all of this. I remember going to a friend of mine's house and she was like, I feel like all of my food is from the 70s. And and I was like, what do you what do you mean? And she was like, well, everything has mayonnaise in it. Mm. All my dips have mayonnaise. <laughs> An onion soup mix. Onion soup mix. Sour cream. <laughs> Sour cream, cream, cream of mushroom soup, or mm. any of those Campbell's cream of something soups, and the casserole. Like right. the seventies is to me the era of the casserole, one of which my, is one dish. One of my favorite recipes of mom's was friend of a friend's chicken, and it was basically minute rice. Like you couldn't get the regular rice; you had to get the the quick cooking rice. Yep. You mix it with a can of cream of mushroom soup and then you put the chicken on top. So you didn't you didn't cook the rice. You put it right. in the in the pan, the bottom of the pan with the soup, and then you put the chicken on top and you baked the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It was really good. <laughs> I do remember, I, I mean, I remember that was one of our favorite things. And we didn't think it was weird that it had all these sort of fake ingredients and I do remember making it once for my husband and he was just like what is this <laughs> and some of the rice got a little crispy yeah <laughs> especially if you didn't like mix it up fully you know yeah so, I, so some of it was under not cooked and but crispy on the bottom right and then swollen and overcooked like mush closer to the chicken well, and then the wilers that onion soup mix you might as well have just taken a cup of salt because you would get these big hunks and they would be like just pure salt but i remember thinking mm. yeah <laughs> yummy so mom was telling me that when she, one time when she she was babysitting for a family with four children and she was mm. like, oh, no, that would never happen to me. <laughs> the mom taught her how to make hamburger goulash. And it turned out that that was definitely an omen of things to come because <laughs> she made us hamburger goulash a lot. And we loved it. it. It was hamburger meat. And then you just opened a bunch of cans. And it was... Yeah. SpaghettiOs, corn, tomatoes, and I think that's about it. It <laughs> what's that to like? I know. Yeah. It, well, and the other thing that she used to do a lot was crockpot chicken, which we actually we liked <laughs> hamburger goulash, but crockpot chicken was like uh, the most hated meal because you basically so you 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 would take a whole chicken and you put it in the crock pot with carrots and onions and I don't remember if the, oh celery yeah everybody's favorite vegetable and you'd put a little bit of water not very much and then it would just sit there stewing in its own crock pot juices then you'd have this kind of tired chicken yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's sitting there all day. Speaking yeah. of jello, it was kind of gelatinous. <laughs> yeah. We hated crockpot chicken night. And I remember, well, what was the time where somehow the crockpot chicken 
like fell off the counter. I don't, do you remember what happened? <laughs> yes, I remember because the crockpot chicken was on one table and the cord was stretched across and it was sort of an aisle. And I was going across the aisle and I tripped on the cord and the crockpot chicken fell on me and on the floor. <laughs> so on the one hand, I was I was burned, but not too badly. So I was upset about that. But on the other hand, it was no crockpot chicken. chicken. Dinner. I know. I mean, I do remember this was a distinct event because we got to go up and get cold cuts from Wawa for dinner, which was a big <laughs> I mean, talk about no salad because it was basically the Kaiser roll, which was really good. And then yep. the cold cuts and then potato chips. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you could put those in the sandwich and then and make it kind of crunchy and salty, yeah. which was good. Yeah, that was excellent. Yes, I know. I do have a friend who was who told me once that he liked to go to Applebee's because they had really good salads. And so I was like, really? I didn't think Applebee's had salads. And so I actually looked it up and all of their salads had potatoes and bacon and cheese. <laughs> I remember one time I was visiting, our brother used to live in Atlanta and I was visiting and he took me to a restaurant where the light menu was cheeseburgers and cheese sticks. <laughs> like if this is the light menu. Yeah. And I think the only salad part was that all of this stuff was served on a piece of lettuce. That was the <laughs> salad part. That's like saying, well, yeah, I had a cheeseburger salad because you <laughs> put lettuce and tomato on your cheeseburger <laughs> right there you go there's the salad mm. I don't remember her making it very much but I do remember this as being a 70s type thing going back to the mayonnaise mom would take a banana and slice it lengthwise so so you can mm. get two servings out of one banana because each person would get half a banana I believe that ideally it was served on a piece of iceberg lettuce. And then you would take some mayonnaise and you would spread it across the banana. And then you chop up peanuts and you would sprinkle the peanuts on top. <laughs> so, and this was considered a salad. <laughs> but, but maybe it was a salad and dessert. But like, I think about it now. I mean, bananas and peanuts that makes sense but and I guess the mayonnaise was there to sort of keep the peanuts on top oh, of the right banana. sort of like uh, ants on a log like that oh what's that so ants on a log is you take a piece of celery and then you put peanut butter and then you stick the ants the raisins on top of the peanut butter <laughs> mm. or, or you can do cream cheese oh okay more yummy things. <laughs> that is excellent for April Fools. So since you you were plotting in your little booty brain, what's the knitting equivalent for an April Fools joke? Okay, well we have a few. We have the toilet paper covers and mm. you don't just put them out for April Fools. You have to have them year round. So we have a <laughs> bender from futurama mm. there's a great pattern there's also i haven't made it there's a nibbler pattern the bender 
pattern is is great it has a few extra parts because I think you have to knit the mouth separately and sew it on and you do have to make the eyes separately so you've got separate eyes antenna mouth and then the arms and legs so it's a bit like the bunnies but this the, is sounding like a lot of parts yeah <laughs> bender is a lot of parts but it once you make it it's great because you can put an empty beer bottle next to him you can pose him the legs can cross i'll i'll put in the show notes some of the pictures of bender and then the nibbler one has even more parts if i recall because after making bender i i thought oh maybe i'll make a nibbler and i looked at the the pattern and thought okay that's that's a lot of little tiny things <laughs> and the other one that is actually super easy that i've made is the barbie doll you put a barbie doll in the middle of the toilet paper and i do remember that grandma had a, a toilet paper you know cover that was a, a doll and then the the dress part covered the extra roll of toilet paper so which when you think about it is just so refined you don't want just a, a roll of toilet paper out to let people know like well if you run out here's this extra if you just think about the steps that you want there to be this doll and then you have to lift up her dress <laughs> to find the thing that you want and you have to take her legs out of the hole that's in the middle of the toilet paper roll. Right. And that that's just so much better than having <laughs> a roll of toilet paper I out know. where everyone can see it. Exactly. I think they actually sell Barbie doll. Well, they're not Barbie dolls, but plastic dolls without the legs. <laughs> so like if you wanted to use it as a cake topper. <laughs> And then you, yeah, there's less knitting. I, I suppose you need to make her some kind of shirt, but. Right. <laughs> but the, in this case, the dress was made out of faux fur. So if you have any old mm. faux fur, you don't know what to do with that's still hanging around your stash or eyelash fur. Um, but that is such a great, I mean, I like that for an April Fool's because it's got two things going at the same time one thing disguised as something else so there's that surprise factor and then the other like if you made this for someone you could act like here's this really beautiful handmade thing that I've made that's you know really special and here it is exactly, and, exactly. And then to see somebody's response like oh you knitted me a toilet paper roll cover. That is so, I can see just special, you know? <laughs> well, and I think what's great about it is if you have a guest bathroom, that for your guests to be entertained, mm. when they go in there and they say, oh, this is somebody that I would really be friends with because <laughs> they have the same... <laughs> maybe we should send it to michelle obama do you think michelle would like this kind of thing i, I mean think, yeah for sure yeah because yeah. you know i think she might like it but <laughs> it reminds me though of 
there there's a song by the ass ponies which was a 90s alternative rock band called earth to grandma they always had great lyrics actually my husband's brother was the drummer for a while for them they always had great lyrics but they had this one called earth to grandma okay here are the lyrics it it's a doll completely made of socks. It's a cover for a tissue box. It's a clothespin duck and a fun for a cat and a crazy yarn and beer can hat. Oh, that's, we got to talk about the beer can hats. Earth to grandma, what the hell is that? It's a painted rock with Google eyes. It's a matchstick cross where Jesus died. It's a plaque that says, I heart my home. It's toothpicks felt and styrofoam. Earth to grandma, what the hell is that? <laughs> I love that. What is, what is a beer can hat? Oh, what the you, hell is that? I do remember grandma making these, and I'm sure we can find them. What you do, and I think you could also make them like out of Coca Cola, but you you took the can and you cut it open, and made kind of like a flat panel, and then you poked holes in it all around the edges so you had kind of a rectangle and but the kind of beer the logo was sort of centered and you had this little rectangle and you punched out holes all around it and then you would use the holes and I think they were crocheted and you would knit these panels all the way around like you might have five or six that would make a beer can hat so that after you drank your beer, you could wear the can. I mean, I don't know why people didn't make dresses and skirts and pants. I only ever saw hats. It seems like that's a lost opportunity. At least like, one of those 70s vests. Yes. With the grandma. So instead of like the grandma crocheted, weren't they called, aren't they called like grandma squares or something yeah, like granny squares? Yeah. Granny squares, yeah. So instead of that, you would just have a little panel with Schlitz. Remember, wasn't that? Yeah. Budweiser, I remember, was one. And that you could have for 4th of July because it was red, white, and blue. Right. So I, I do remember a lot of them being kind of American, red, white, and blue. Right. Red heart, acrylic yarn in the, that tomato red and the electric blue and then white yeah exactly it was like this great moment of intersectionality of your patriotism with your crafting with your beer drinking i yes. mean how great is that exactly but exactly bring those back i know but that would definitely make a great thing for an april for like look i made you this vintage beer can hat oh and then we have speaking of grandma we have grandma's slippers we talked about that in our first episode oh yes those are great how you could tie them up pom-poms at the end yeah <laughs> yeah it was the laces that really made those the laces that yeah no those were great since this has now become our April Fool's episode, appropriately our 10th one. April Yay. Fool's our 10th one. I know. What were your favorite April Fool's pranks? Well, I remember a Bossy used to play on our brother. 
<laughs> yeah. Now, and one of these, I have to say, was not entirely your fault because I don't know what possessed both of you, but <laughs> our brother had kind of longish hair and he allowed you for some unknown reason <laughs> to put little ponytails all over his head. So yep. it was with little tiny rubber bands. I want to say from, from the braces, but I'm yeah, not we had a lot of those little rubber bands from the braces. Right. So he's entirely covered in little ponytails. And then the dog ran away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so he was going around the neighborhood trying to pull out these ponytails. <laughs> Bossy. Oh, <laughs> I did. Yeah. I, I remember it was the other thing that was always easy and fun was we this was mainly when we lived in St. Louis and we had this old house that was built in 1904 it was in University City and it was part of I think homes that were built around the 1904 World's Fair so it was four stories and it had this big staircase and you could go up on the fourth floor maybe it only had three stories now that I think of it but it was this big staircase and you could go up on the third floor and you could see all the way down to the first floor so I'd go up to the third floor I'd know that he was down on the first floor and I'd call him and I'd say I need you to come up right away can, you know can you come up and help me with this and, and he would come running up with it I'd say oh never mind and <laughs> <laughs> it was like work you know and then, and then you'd be like is this like the last time I'd be like no this time I really need you yes I know this is I guess we we were the precursors to our own ungrateful terrible children because we were always doing that that kind of stuff do you remember any other <laughs> there was also bossy playing April Fool's jokes or pranks on what she thought was her husband's roommate. So this was before they, <laughs> this was in college <laughs> when Bossy was a freshman in college and she was lucky enough to meet the love of her life. Her mm. freshman year, they lived in the same dorm and she was trying to play uh, pranks on his roommate, but they backfired and they were on her husband instead. <laughs> Like yeah. putting the underwear in in water and then putting it in the freezer. Yeah, we all had those little fridges that had the little tiny metal free, which I don't think that anything ever actually really froze in there, except if you soaked underwear and then stuck it in there, then you'd get this nice block of frozen underwear in your fridge which was just great um yes. yeah what's not to love about that I know <laughs> I have a friend who told me that she I thought this was pretty good prank to play on your children which was you could buy some Oreo cookies mm. and then you go through and you just selectively take out some and open them up scrape out the middle put a layer of toothpaste in mm. and stick it back in but you don't want to do every one of them you right. just want to do 
every other or something like that. So there are some in there that look okay. <laughs> I hadn't heard that's kind of like the after eight mints where you eat all of the mints but just leave the envelopes. Yeah. That would be another yeah. Just eat yeah. all the cookies. <laughs> mom loves those pranks. I know. Yeah. Mom is really fond of those. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of possibilities. That's the great thing I think about April Fools is that it it inspires creativity. That is true. Well, and I was going to say another one. I have a, a friend of mine that I used to teach with, a beloved teacher, Mary Ellen, and she was always the queen of the April Fool's jokes. Her husband was affiliated with the Brown and Haley Candy Company. And so she got the, the people at the factory to put in, instead of the chocolates that they would normally put in the wrappers, they put in like cotton balls and just weird stuff <laughs> and so <laughs> she gave out her to her first graders she gave out this candy and and then of course she had to actually have some real candy well oh, yeah but the, and the other one I love that she did was she gave all of her own children in their lunch bags plastic fruit instead of real fruit, fruit but then she also put in some money so they could buy their lunches <laughs> but then they had to bring back the fruit yeah because right. <laughs> I need this for yeah. school <laughs> yeah I do remember too I don't know if it was for April Fool's but there was a famous Little Rascals remember how we used to watch Little Rascals I don't I'm sure you can still get it on youtube and stuff now but there was an episode where for some reason they they were going to bake a cake <laughs> and they were going to put a bunch of surprises in it but the surprises were things like there was a mousetrap <laughs> their tongue was stuck on the mousetrap there was a hairbrush like full of hair <laughs> but, then, but then I think one of the kids had also like taken their mom's wedding ring or something like that so there was that in there <laughs> right yeah. It was, yeah it really was creative all the things they came up with to put in that cake. I know. and and I think there was this great sound effect when it was baking it was like yeah it was like breathing <laughs> yeah. I remember they kept opening it up and it was like it had it had become alive in yeah. there and yeah this seemed really which when you think about it for the time I don't know how they did that but it does remind me of I do have a a cookbook I'll take a picture of it called special effects cookbook there's all of these recipes where you can make a dragon cake that actually has smoke or steam coming out of it a volcano cake so there's lots of creative baking things that you can do to surprise people if if you don't want to knit a cover for your toilet paper roll or or tissue box I remember the tissue box too was one too but actually the other thing that grandma had and I did make this once was to put your nightie in she had a Barbie doll with a big skirt so I think I think in that case the skirt was extra big to fit the nighty in mm. but I made a pajama one for my son it works great when they're little but <laughs> when, they're, when they grow <laughs> like my son did 
then you have to make a really big robot. But I think also when we're talking about ungrateful children, that Vicki Howell came up. That's where I got the, the pattern for the robot. She had this book, Things That Kids Would Actually Want. And it's true. If you're knitting for kids rather than making them a sweater, sometimes the robot doll that holds their pajamas or she had a tooth fairy pillow in there, that those things can go over <laughs> better than, than the itchy Sweater. The itchy sweater, yeah. They're all ungrateful children, but I but I do have to say it is fun to play tricks on your children too. Actually, I have another friend who her son was deathly afraid of spiders, and I remember her telling me that she put a bunch of fake spiders in the shower, and he just absolutely freaked out. Our friend Layla, who would put out snakes for her children, but then she would get scared of them herself because. <laughs> There have been famous April Fools. There was an April Fools joke. I don't remember when it was, but I remember hearing about it that yeah. that there was a report that the space needle had fallen over. <laughs> and they had taken pictures. They had, you know, photoshopped pictures of the top half of the space needle lying there oh so it wasn't like the whole thing fell over it was like <laughs> i think the whole thing fell over okay. but you know the way they had photoshopped it it looked like the top of it was just sitting in a street i do remember hearing about that and thinking oh my god and it was totally an april fool's <laughs> media hoax that's creative what would be funny only after you realized it wasn't real yeah. <laughs> I think there is a kind of a, an etiquette with the April Fool's jokes. And I've learned this a little bit the hard way that if you're the one that has to clean up the mess <laughs> that you made, yeah. like one year I switched my kids' closets. So I put all of my daughter's clothes in my son's closet and vice versa. And then I had to switch it back. And that was oh. like, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. And there is that edge of, you know, it, is it, easy enough to do can't be super expensive it has to be something that you can do it with things in your larder i'm not a big fan of the saran wrap over the toilet because that just sounds so gross <laughs> like i know i don't want to clean up a bunch of pee there's already pee around when there's not saran wrap right. so why do you want to have pee on the walls and and it's not like they can i mean i'm assuming this would be a thing that you would do for a man or boy but it's not like it's easy for them to stop in midstream right. either right. when they realize that there's saran wrap you know exactly so. too late yeah exactly so yeah no anything yeah. that somebody has to clean up and it costs money is a no-go yeah <laughs> I think the, the toothpaste around the rim of the toilet, yeah. it that's might okay. sort of skirt the edge, although that's most likely going to happen to a woman. But that's a self-cleaning thing then. You don't. Yeah. Or Nutella on the toilet seat. Now, the bit of a waste of good food, it's pretty easy to clean up. Well, and I remember you told me about the Brussels sprouts that you dip in chocolate as a is it a truffle or and that does seem to me to be a little bit of a waste of a good brussels sprout and chocolate 
there's a German tradition of making, so you have a whole, it's kind of like the Oreos where you have a whole stack of donuts and one of them has mustard in it or something. <laughs> and there is something that's kind of terrible when you're expecting one taste and then it's not, even if it's not a bad taste, but it's not what you're expecting. There's a way that I'm sure there's some sort of physiological explanation for that. Exactly. Yeah. It's sort of like dad with the, the lemons. These oranges are terrible. Right. <laughs> he, he was he was doing his own April Fool's jokes to himself. On himself. Yeah, I know. I know. My husband was reading me today. He said, oh, this sounds like you. You go to the library to check out a book and somebody else has checked it out for a long time. And you're really irritated by this, but you need the book. So you order the book on Amazon and then it comes in. And then when you're cleaning your office, you discover that you, in fact, were the one who checked out the book. <laughs> but it was in, the, you know, the black hole, what I like to call the library annex that is my office. Yes. Uh, that was a good one. Yes, I thought that was a good jokes to play on yourself because you're absent-minded. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the, the possibilities are really limitless there. I know, right? <laughs> Especially as you get older. Things. Yes. Uh, uh. Well, I used to have to, I mean, this was in the old days when you would actually go to video stores. And I finally got into the habit because half the time we would rent movies and I'd fall asleep in the middle of them. So I could never remember what we'd rented and what we hadn't. And I'd go in there and, you know, you'd see all of these titles and everything would look familiar. And then you'd be like, well, does that look familiar? Because I, that's something I want to watch or is that something that I've actually seen? So I'd have to ask the woman at the desk. I'd be like, can you tell me, did we already rent this? <laughs> and half the time she would be like, actually, you, you rented that three times. <laughs> Oh, did, do you think I liked it? Or is, is that am I drawn to it because I remember liking it, but not? <laughs> there are some movies where you watch it and immediately forget. I kind of yeah. feel like that about the Marvel movies. I have to say, I watch it, I enjoy it, I enjoy all the special effects, and then I completely forget the plot. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind what? of eye candy. I have to say, yeah. the, all that stuff, yeah. Well, Booty, I think we've covered a lot of ground in the April Fools, what has now become our April Fools episode. From cooking and 70s cuisine, which is itself a whole April Fools Day extravaganza, to knitting projects that either hide or disguise things or just are so heinous that they're kind of jokes in and of themselves. Famous times where we have indulged in a little April foolery. So we hope that you all have a wonderful April Fools, that you don't have to clean up a lot of messes, but that you, you are the perpetrator of April foolery and not the victims. We always wish that for you. Whatever you do. Don't knit like my sister. sister. <laughs> and check out the show notes if you want to find where we got some of the ideas and the recipes for the wonderful seafoam salad mm -hmm. 
<laughs> no thanks. 